Hey, Ada. Yes, Andy. I'm a lesbian. I thought you were American. Welcome once again to the Trans-Icelandic Broadcast after a very long hiatus. I'm Andy Sophia Fontaine, news editor here at the Reykjavik Grapevine, and with me today is... I'm Ada Christine Putnam, soon to be Fontaine. Yes, it's my wife Ada. Today we're here to talk about trans-lesbians, or transbians for short. I'd like to go over what that can mean. Um, what it usually doesn't mean, some of the challenges that we might face in our daily lives, both in the cis world and in the trans community, representation, and more. So I guess to start us out, we should talk about what a trans lesbian is. Speaking for myself, um, because there will be different definitions for this, as you might surmise, uh, generally speaking, a trans lesbian is a trans femme who is attracted to other femmes. Um, in my instance, however, I am a trans woman, a non-binary trans woman, who is attracted to other trans women. And in your case, Ada. I guess the best description for my sexuality would be pansexual, but I'm, I've almost exclusively dated femmes since coming out. Mm -hmm. And I consider myself a lesbian as well as pansexual. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, the reason for that, that I wanted to do this particular topic is because often when you see trans people um, represented in the media, whether it's film or television, more often than not, they're paired in some sort of heterosexual relationship. Often it's a trans woman with a cis man, but that's not always the case. There have been some exceptions. Um, however, you know, trans people can be gay too. And so I wanted to explore this topic a little bit. Now, we've both spoken from our own personal experience about what it means to us to be transbian, um, in short. But what I'm really curious about is when you said that this was something that you, um, that since you came out has been the case for you. So was there some sort of epiphany that you had? Like, when did you know? No. It wasn't exactly an epiphany. It was more of a slow realization. And I dated a lot of people after coming out. You know, it's kind of a common story with trans women that they have very unsuccessful, limited romantic lives mm. prior to coming out. And then afterwards, there's kind of this blossoming explosion, whatever you'd like to call it. Mm. And uh, I did try dating men a couple times, and I found it lacking. Yes. Lacking is a very good word for it. I had a very similar experience myself. Because um, before coming out, I had always considered myself bisexual um, with a greater preference for femmes. Uh, after coming out, I also tried dating men again. And yeah, it, it definitely felt something lacking where that's concerned. Um, even in, in dating like casually with low, very low expectations, <laughs> there is still definitely something lacking where that's concerned. Um, 
But for me, uh, it was the reason, the reason why I talk about my attraction being um, for trans women in particular is, well, first of all, we should talk about attraction, I think. Um, attraction goes, for me anyway, attraction goes a bit beyond appearance. It has no bearing, really, someone's appearance. Um, for me, attraction has a lot to do with shared interests, complementary interests, shared values, um, a lot of shared lived experiences as well. I think that lived experiences are extremely important, especially when you're trans and trying mm -hmm. to date cis people that are well-meaning, mm -hmm. but they don't quite understand the entirety of our circumstances. They don't have that frame of reference. Exactly. Like, it's, it's very important to me that, like, as you say, like, even a well-meaning cis person does not have that lived experience. And so with someone that I'm close with romantically, um, to not be able to share that with my partner, like, yeah, that feels definitely like something missing. And my lived experience as a trans person is um, pretty important to me. So if I don't share that with, with somebody, then like the, the attraction is not going to happen. Um, the reason why I bring this up is because when I've, when we've seen in the discourse that trans women talk about being only attracted to other trans women, the common retort is, well, you can't tell by looking what someone's gender is, which no, of course not. But attraction has more to do than just with, than other things than just appearance, naturally. So for me, that's a, that, that was a, a very big part of it um, in terms of my own attractions. Like I've always had this need to have certain li shared lived experiences, shared values, um, shared or complementary interests as a part of my attraction model. And when I came out as trans, one of the, the um, lived experiences that I felt very important to share it with somebody was transness. And without that, attraction just wasn't really possible. I feel that. Mm -hmm. So getting on to that topic, um, I'd say that that's one of the, that's definitely one of the challenges that, um, that we can face as trans lesbians is, um, well, with the, with the overwhelming representation being of trans people, like in heterosexual relationships, um, I think, and, you know, well, tell me what you think, Ada. Like, I think that a lot of us kind of internalize the way that we're represented in the outside world in many ways. Like, we're given this messaging that, like, you succeeded in, in some way if you've managed to, to, like, land a cis man, and now you're, like, fully accepted, and you've made it. That definitely stems from patriarchal ideas about what womanhood is and what mm -hmm. it represents. And finding a man and settling down with him is the, it, it's the gold standard. Yeah. It's been the gold standard for cis women as well. Like, that's the messaging that women of all stripes um, seem to get a lot of. Absolutely. And... I mean, I'm not trying to knock on straight women here. If you're straight and trans and you like dudes, that's great. I mean, that's just who you are. What I'm talking about is that representation is a little top-sided. Yes, are. because informal polls and con conducted online have shown 
that when trans women are generally more adopting of a queer sexuality in their identity. They at least describe as having some kind of pansexual, lesbian, gay, mm -hmm. tends to be where they sit with that. Mm -hmm. Definitely and so. That would put heterosexual trans women in the minority. But this is only based on informal online polls. There's no real scientific polling data on this, as far no. as I know. As with a lot of things trans-related, there's not a lot of hard data where this is concerned. And like, I recognize that I'm speaking totally anecdotally. I might have confirmation bias here when I talk about like the lopsidedness of representation of trans relationships. Of course, there have been exceptions. Um, Sense8 is a really good example of this. I've not seen Sense8. Well, Sense8, um, Jamie Clayton, um, who is a trans woman and mm -hmm. an actress, um, is in a relationship with another femme. And it's really beautiful, and they win in the end, too, which is another thing you don't see a lot of in trans narratives. Yeah, mostly you get the tragic trans trope. Yeah. The, the triple T. <laughs> <laughs> but, <clears throat> I mean, I would like to delineate, though, between online discourse and, like, everyday conversations that are ahead. Because online, as you know, like... Um, Discourse can, can be a little volatile. Would that be fair to say? I think that's charitable. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps it is a bit charitable, yeah. And there's a lot of um, stereotypes that are associated with trans lesbians as well. Mostly in, of an aesthetic nature and otherwise. Well, I mean, being a kind of a living embodiment of that stereotype. <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. have much to say about that. But it's true though. Like I think that um, straight trans women um, don't experience this level of, of um, symbolic coding, such as like, you know, cat ears, knee socks, being into programming and this and that and the other thing. These are trans being things predominantly. <laughs> Sound familiar? <sighs> Sounds like my life. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I recognize the meme potential of this, and it's a lot of fun. Like, I've participated in the propagating of these stereotypes as well, because it is fun. But in a way, it's also a bit limiting, too, because you just get associated with those things. Like, you have no personality of your own. Um, initially, though, like, yeah, if you when you want to embrace your transness, you just kind of play around with a lot of the stereotypes because it's um, fun, really. At least the more positive stereotypes. Yes, the, the more positive The aesthetic ones, mm -hmm. not the uh, cultural ones that are foisted upon us. Yes, um, that is true. And so when you have this sort of lopsided representation, when you have this sort of pigeonholing, pigeonholing that kind of erases our individuality and the, the width and breadth of the trans being experience. Um, for me anyway, it's, it's, a little, it's a little bit frustrating um, because the message that I'm constantly getting is that like, as a trans woman, you've succeeded romantically if you land a man, especially 
a salesman. And as you and I both experienced, like there have been, you know, some not so great commentary that like about trans bands, but why they date only other trans women as well. And I think that that's really harmful. Um, like most of the straight trans women I know don't participate in this type of toxic discourse that trans bands are just unable to get a guy and so they just date each other. Like most straight trans women I know anyway don't propagate those ideas, but they do exist. They, there are people who contend these things and it's harmful. Um, and it's just an extension of the, the cisgender homophobic myth that women are lesbians because they're too ugly or too disagreeable to land a man. Yeah. And that's just one of those harmful prejudices that crosses the trans cis, the trans -cis line for, mm -hmm. for women. Absolutely so. But like, in terms of representation in media, whether it be film or television, are there some favorite examples of yours, Ada? I have no specific examples. I have not personally seen popular media with a trans-lesbian relationship in it. You did mention Sense8, but I've mm -hmm. never seen it. And in every other piece of media that I've seen myself, trans women are kind of a punchline, mm -hmm. a joke and a punchline wrapped into one. Or a tragic figure. Or a tragic figure. Mm -hmm. Which I also think is a form of joke and punchline. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. I had mentioned Sense8 because it was, I don't, it was kind of an epiphany for me. Um, like, I was aware of where I, I was at in terms of my sexuality. Um, but seeing, like, seeing yourself on, on screen, it's... Um, incredibly validating oh, of course you know um, but in your day-to-day -day life um, is, I'm in your day-to-day -day life assuming you have trans friends of many different stripes like do you have a lot of like straight trans girlfriends I can think of two mm -hmm. and among the two dozen or so trans women I associate with in person and online, I can only think of two that are explicitly heterosexual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, likewise. Do you feel generally accepted by them? Are they... Yeah. I don't feel any type of hostility or prejudice with them. No. I've ge yeah, I've generally felt like a certain level of, of acceptance as well. Um, Sometimes I feel like there's a kind of initial defensiveness that arises, though. Like with, with one friend of mine, um, upon coming out to them and saying that I, that I was gay, um, like her initial reaction kind of gave the impression that she was worried that I was going to make advances on her or something. And she was very standoffish and didn't really talk to me for a while. And I was like also defensive 
in the sense that I felt as though they were being bigoted and homophobic, but I didn't say anything. I didn't like straight up accuse them of this. Um, but then like time had passed and I think we both let down our guard and like now we're proper friends as it were. But this type of defensiveness I think is indicative of this type of divide um, that shouldn't be there, but can arise when it comes to this particular topic. Um, and how about, how about cis lesbians? Have they generally been accepting? Yeah. And good to you? Yeah. It's my face anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's been my experience as well, I have to say. Like, um, here in Grekevik, there is a regular event called Queer Ladies' Night, and it's, um, it's, <clears throat> it's very inclusive. Um, and when I've gone, like, I didn't have anyone get in my face and say, you don't belong here, or, or whatever, give me any dirty looks or anything like that. We're just all bunch of queer girls hanging out and it was just fine for the most part. I work with a cis lesbian and she has been like super supportive. And in fact, we're going to this queer ladies night thing tonight. Yes, we are. <laughs> Which will be a lot of fun. What would you want um, cis people uh, of any particular gender to understand about Trans lesbians. We exist and we're watching. What are we watching for? I'm not sure exactly. <laughs> but when we see it, we'll know. Yeah. I guess um, for my, my own part, just that like, I am not my sexuality is a part of who I am, but it's not everything that I am. And that um, this is, I'm not married to this wonderful woman because I can't land a guy. I don't want to land a guy. Um, <laughs> I'm in love with this wonderful woman because she's a wonderful woman. And we have, are alike in all the right places. We're different in all the right places, just like with any other healthy relationship. I think the best way to summarize that is we're human beings. Mm. Yes. Very concise. Our psychology is just the same as anybody else's. Mm. It's very concise and to the point. Definitely so. And um, one of the things that um, we also need to talk about is the controversial nature of the very word. Transbian. Yes. I have seen online commentators saying that they don't like the word transbian because they're not something different from lesbians. They feel that there's no need for a label that specifies us as trans and lesbian. Mm. And that I believe we should respect that. Yeah. If they don't want to be called trans lesbians, they don't want to call, or transbians, mm -hmm. they don't want to call themselves transbians. That's fine. That's just like with any other label for sexuality. It's all up to the person who possesses the sexuality. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Like, trans women are women. So if a trans woman is a lesbian, she's just as much as a lesbian as a cis lesbian is. And that's totally valid. Um, 
I personally like the word transpian myself because it speaks to it speaks to my sexuality. That, as I said, my attraction is based on certain concepts, like shared values, shared lived experiences, and such. And without certain lived experiences, I cannot experience attraction for this other person. So, being attracted to women who are trans is a part of my sexuality. Um, but not a, not a, not every trans lesbian feels this way, and. Also, I, I do understand um, and respect those trans women who eschew the label transbian in favor of just lesbian. That's totally valid, I think, as well. So, in summation, um, that's basically the, the, the heart of, um, of being a trans lesbian or transbian, as it were. It's any trans femme attracted to other femmes. And that can include cis femmes, trans femmes, and non-binary femmes as well, such as myself, as it were. And we do exist, and if um, you, know, you know of a trans woman who's dating a woman or another trans woman, it's not because she's having difficulty getting a guy. It might be because she's just attracted to femmes. And I suppose that's the long and short of it. Is there anything you would like to add, Ada? I think we've covered all the topics we aim to. I think so too. And in record time, no less. So before I go, I'd um, like to remind you again to check out our High Five Club, where for a modest donation, you can get premier content and closer communication with the staff here at the Gra Grapevine. There's also our online shop where there's clothes and books and candy and yes, even hot fisker, as it were. As always, like and subscribe. Thank you again for tuning in to the Trans-Icelandic broadcast after a very long hiatus. I promise there's, we're gonna do this more regularly. Um, have a wonderful day and thanks for tuning in. Goodbye. Bye.